0: Good morning everyone and welcome to Julius Bears Moving Markets Podcast. It's Friday, the second of February, and my name is Helen Freer. I'll be talking about all the latest market news on today's show with Roman Canciani. And Tim Gage also joins us this morning, so I'll be getting his latest thoughts on currencies and metals. But let's start as always with the market news. Good morning, Roman.
1: Good morning, Helen.
0: So let's start with yesterday's trading day in Europe, which was dominated by inflation figures and earnings reports from heavyweights such as Adidas, BNB Paribas, ING, Shell, Roche, and Deutsche Bank. What more can you tell us, Roman?
1: Yes, indeed, uh, Helen. Yesterday was uh, pretty heavy in terms of data and earnings releases in Europe. While January inflation figures for Europe were more or less in line with expectations, with the core CPI, that's the uh, measure that strips out volatile food and energy prices, coming in at 3.3% a year on year, uh, there was a lot more action in the corporate world. And it was a story of contrasting fortunes with uh, Deutsche Bank, for example, rising 3% after announcing a share buyback, higher revenue targets, and uh, plans to cut more than 3,500 jobs over the coming years. Similarly, Shell uh, Shell jumped on the back of better-than-expected profits, mainly coming from the natural gas trading desk, and uh, despite the oil price collapse in Q4. On the other side of the rankings were Adidas, which fell about 2% on lower-than-expected profit forecasts, and BNP Paribas and ING, down 9 and 6.5% respectively after failing to meet analysts' expectations. And uh, finally, Swiss pharma multi Roche was down 5.5% on extremely weak guidance for 2024, blaming the strong Swiss franc among other factors.
0: Okay, it was a busy day then with a lot of volatility under the surface, but still overall market indices behaved quite well, didn't they? Well, Almost uh, after trading all day around its closing
1: levels of Wednesday, the uh, Eurostock 600 lost some steam towards the evening, ending the day down 0.4% and so uh, also ending its streak of six consecutive days in the green. Uh, Energy and IT outperformed and uh, real estate and financials were lagging. It was a different picture on the other side of the pond where stocks snapped back most of their losses from Wednesday. The US S&P 500 index closed the day higher by 1.2% with 10 of its 11 sectors posting a positive performance on the day uh, and only energy slightly in the red. What I found interesting, though, was that while equity markets rolled back yesterday, U.S. Treasury yields continued to fall, building on the rally that started on Wednesday when those news about valuation issues in the commercial real estate business broke uh, and yields fell despite some pretty strong economic data releases. Three of the four ISM indices for January released yesterday surprised to the upside. And in particular, the prices paid and new orders indices jumped more than expected to above 50 points, implying expansion and higher prices ahead rather than the expected further contraction.
0: Right. But I think the real elephant in the trading rooms around the world was the upcoming earnings reports of the three big tech companies, Meta, Apple, and Amazon, after the close of trading, right? So how did they do? Well, absolutely. Well, in short, they they did not disappoint.
1: Uh, Meta announced Better than expected results, a new share buyback, and the first ever dividend, sending the stock higher in aftermarket trading, just like Amazon's, which uh, gave optimistic guidance after reporting another set of very good earnings results. Apple, meanwhile, is lower in aftermarket trading. While the results were good, uh, the company warned on weak iPhone sales in this uh, quarter, and analysts also did not like the lower sales figures for China.
0: Right. Now, you mentioned it before. There's this story about U.S. commercial property losses brewing. A Bloomberg report said that banks were facing roughly 560 billion U.S. dollars in commercial real estate maturities by the end of 2025. And this poses a huge refinancing risk for the mostly regional and community banks involved. What's the latest there? Yes. Well, analysts
1: basically say that the trouble in the commercial real estate business is one of the of, of, of the tail risks for 2024. And we saw a glimpse of what could happen when lenders are forced to mark commercial real estate to market when two lenders in the US and Japan warned on losses ahead on Wednesday. Uh, but at the same time, it's also believed that this crisis will remain contained as big banks are able to mitigate such losses through profits in other parts of their business. Still, the KBW regional bank. Banking index in the US slumped further yesterday, down 1.7% after already dropping 6% on Wednesday. Uh, I think it's fair to say that this is one of the stories likely to dominate the headlines over the coming days and weeks.
0: Okay, uh, let's turn to Asia now. What's the news there overnight?
1: Well, yeah, following the results of the three big tech companies in the US, most Asian equity benchmarks are in the green this morning. The only index seriously bucking this is the Chinese onshore CSI 300 index, which uh, was down about 0.8% when I last checked, with uh, small caps uh, strongly underperforming. It seems that there the the lack of stimulus expectations, the overall bad sentiment uh, and investors trimming their positions ahead of the upcoming spring festival holiday are the main drivers.
0: Okay, thanks very much, Roman. And just finally, what's in store for investors today? What's the most important news investors need to keep in mind?
1: Well, most certainly this will be the US non-farm payrolls report for January, which will be published this afternoon at half past two Swiss time. Expectations are for a low rise of 185,000, uh, jobs in January after the December report surprised to the upside with a number of uh, 216,000. Although this is lagging data by definition, markets will scrutinize this release on the current state of the labor market in the US, which has proved so incredibly resilient over the whole of last year. So stay tuned for some volatility across markets this afternoon. For now, So it seems that equity markets are not that worried. Uh, US equity market futures are firmly in the green. That's it for
0: me. Great. Thanks very much, Roman, for the roundup this morning. Thank you, Helen. Now, Tim, good morning and welcome. Good morning, Helen. Thank you. So Central Bank Week is over. What did you make of
2: the Fed's comments? Honestly, very little, really. They ruled out a March cut, which I was unaware was actually on the table, but there we are. Otherwise, I I think Powell was extremely cautious not to give anything away, really, because why would he? I still think the market is overpricing rate cuts here for the Fed. To me, 75 basis points seems like a reasonable total for 2024. And I can't see anything happening before mid-year, which in theory sounds a bit dollar bullish, right? Except, I mean, I think the story is the same story playing out for all the main central banks, really. At least the ECB, the Bank of England. Nobody's cutting aggressively. Nobody's giving any indication of wanting to do so. And I think the central banks really would prefer to cut a bit too slowly and be able to drop a big bazooka later rather than cut too quickly. See the economy slide anyway and have nothing left to do about it. Anyone who has watched the West Wing will know the importance of optics. Central bankers are not all powerful gods, but rather the wielders of blunt instruments. So they will want to swing those blunt instruments slowly if they can, take credit if it works and have something left if it doesn't.
0: And you mentioned the Bank of England. It sounds like they're in the same boat then.
2: Yeah, totally. And they didn't do a press conference anyway, but I think if they had, it would have been a copy paste of the Fed, really. The voting makeup of the Bank of England shifted slightly. Six holes, two hikes, and a cut. But it's all quite cosmetic, really. I think they will follow a similar path to the other central banks, as I said. 75 basis points for the Bank of England 2024 also sounds pretty reasonable. The only recent central bank who said anything a bit hawkish was actually the Reserve Bank of New Zealand, That is perhaps one to watch, because while the Kiwi dollar is not our most actively traded currency, it has a pretty generous rate of interest, pretty decent liquidity. Actually, the rate of interest is actually slightly above the dollar even, and it's rather in the basement.
0: Okay, so with all that being said, what should we be doing? So we here still think that ranges are going to be the fashion of the
2: next few months. And that you should look at products that take advantage of this. We had a look at selling a strangle option strategy, for example. A strangle, by the way, is selling a put and selling a call to the same date. And euro dollar, where volatility isn't all that exciting, you can get a range of 107.50 to 109.50, break-evens at 106.50, 110.50, with an expiry date somewhere around just before the next Fed. Um, and we think that's probably a pretty decent range, really, to play. And we also start to look again at products that we were a bit nervous of before, towards the end of last year, the pivot tasks. The ranges you can create in these products just become really interesting. We're looking at, say, vert to buy and 132 to sell in cable, 105 to 130, maybe, in a bit higher actually in euro dollar. It really works well. And we think if you do this stuff now, just after these central banks, then we can easily hit the targets and get out again before the markets start to move. After that, As usual, I still like being short Swiss francs and taking the carry. You can do this against sterling, which I may have mentioned once or twice before. Also dollars, euros, but also even the New Zealand dollar. I know it's a little bit of a less usual cross, but since I'm quite bullish on the one and a little bit lesser on the other, we can get a 4% carry. Simply even just doing a forward would work quite well there, being long the Kiwi against the Swiss franc.
0: Okay, and maybe just lastly, a word on metals.
2: Yeah, so we had some interesting moves in metals this week. Platinum, my long-time favorite, really rather disappointed, falling back away to 920 or so. It's steady, it's holding well above 900, which seems to be the buy point, but it just hasn't yet quite done what I think it should. Gold and silver, however, did very well this week as US rates felt, although we haven't really made any new ground. And we're a little bit sticky here in the same range in gold that we've been in for the last couple of months. It remains an expensive position to hold being long gold. So the danger is going sideways starts to feel like going down and people just exit. With this latest move above 2050, I would look at reverse convertibles, accumulators and bearish charts if you already hold a gold position. And maybe even a pivot if you don't mind adding a bit lower down to try and get a slightly better sell price. The support now is just above 2030. That's been the support line that's been rising. And if after non-farm payrolls we find ourselves below there, for example, we could see a sharper move to below 2000. Since it's Friday and I haven't got much to say, I thought I'd leave you with a quick joke. I went into a pet shop and asked if I could buy a fish. The bloke asked if I wanted an aquarium and I said, I don't care what star sign it is. So thanks, Adam, for the chat. Thanks, everyone, for listening. And I wish you all a wonderful weekend.
0: Very good. Thanks a lot, Tim, for the update and the joke this morning. So that is all for today. Thank you again to today's guests. And thank you all for tuning in. If you enjoyed today's show and you haven't yet subscribed, then don't forget to do so. And please also leave us a review on whichever platform you'd like to listen on. And do join us again next week. I'll be back on Monday and I'll be talking to more of our colleagues about what is moving markets. Have a great day, everyone, and then a great weekend. Bye for now.
2: The information and opinions expressed in this podcast constitute marketing material and are not the result of independent financial or investment research. Please refer to www.juliusbear.com forward slash legal forward slash podcasts for further other important legal information.
1: Beyond Markets is a weekly podcast where Julius Bear experts and external speakers discuss some of the latest market developments. They share their key research and insights on today's ever-changing economic landscape and present practical advice. Search for Beyond Markets on your favourite podcast player.